to buy the dip or not buy the dip? That is the question. Someone decided to buy the dip about 6.45, and now we're in the green. Kathy bought the dip at AMD. We'll talk about that. But we're not going to talk about Intel and what they did. Instead of market structure Monday, we got market structure Wednesday with Tim Quas setting us up for the weekly options expiration. Not many major earning reports, but we'll cover them. Let's get going, Mitch. This is pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Let's get started. We're up 11 handles at 4016.75. Buck off a couple pennies, but still above 104. Bonds, let's kind of have an update, maybe up 11.30 seconds at 124 and 14.30 seconds. Uh, crude, can't hold 80 or can't get through 80. Now move, moving back towards 70, down 45 cents at 75.91. Gold trying to have an update, up 740 at 1849.90. Silver going the same way, up a nickel, 21.94. And Bitcoin just going down, but uh, not very fast. Down $340, 24,150. Uh, we're going to bring in Triple D. And you know, Triple D, how, you know, some days there's two stars or three stars or four stars? Yes. <laughs> tough day. Tough day. What do you Just because the way we came down yesterday. Yeah. I got nothing on the daily lows. Ooh. And then, you know, the way we came, you know, we whooshed down yesterday. You know, where's resistance? You know, am I going to tell you, well, yesterday's interday high, you know, which is 40 handles away from here. I guess I'll give you that as 55, 75. But very important day here for the market to, to stabilize, maybe not have a huge up day, but at least hold this uh, for the spoos, hold this 4,000 level. What's your take? I think we've come down quite a ways here yet. And I still am of the opinion that we're not going to be way down a month from now. We're not going to be way up a month from now. I think we just continue to chop around. So that's how I'm trading it. Not getting so aggressive on any longs, not getting so aggressive on any shorts, but fading moves. You know, when we get a little bit oversold, looking to dip by. When we get a little bit overbought, looking to sell some reps. I mean, this has worked very well in 2022. It's a contrarian market here right now. So as much as everybody was bullish, a week ago, and we had multiple people on this show that were bullish. Um, I think, you know, people are starting to get a little bit too bearish now all, all of a sudden here. We've come off 3% in the last week here. And, you know, a lot of stocks are off a lot more than that. I think mm -hmm. they're looking at levels of support on certain stocks. Mitch, you know? we'll bring you in in just one second. I want yep. to get your take. But you know what? You know what tempered my bearishness yesterday? And I what? wish I would have been yeah. uh, more aggressive, you know, over in the overnight session. Uh, that chat we had with Cameron Dawson yesterday on the closing print, Dennis. I mean, she, you know, the way she's looking at the market, of course, she's had a bearish slant. You know, don't think we're out of the woods yet. But, you know, now she's like, well, maybe it's not the second half of 2023. Maybe they're going to push this thing into 2024. The consumer is still spending money. They're they're still out there. Now, where they're spending it, if you're investing in retail stocks, you know, that's the question. But she was very, you know, even killed looking at the factors, what's going on with inflation, interest rates. And it's just, I, it makes me, you know, I'm still the high for the year. Obviously, I made that call. Who knows how long it's going to stand up. But yeah. it really puts me in your choppy, you know, the the chop camp, you know, because we're not, I, I, we're not falling off a cliff. Money Mitch, what did you see yesterday? Yeah, I mean, clearly we've gone now to, towards the 400 spot. I think this is like a clear kind of mental hurdle that we need to get through if you're the bears out there. I do think that we could get a bounce today, right? Like it's not going to be one straight move down there towards no. three 380s. That's not going to happen, right? Yeah, it's too easy that way, right? Then everybody would just be short today and we'd all make bank. Well, the truth is more than likely we'll get some kind of bounce back, right? 
Um, I'm going to be looking, of course, especially in the stocks that have been strong, see if technology can somehow find a bounce. We do got NVIDIA reporting tonight, right? I know a lot of people Ooh. will probably be watching that chart. So um, we'll find out what happens with semiconductors. But overall, I think we need to be thinking about the consumer. We have a little segment for you guys in a little bit. So a little sneak preview. We're going to be taking a look into credit cards and covering TJX. Stick around for that team. That's going to be coming up. All right, let's get to the first conversation of the day, which I'll just bring it to it. Do you guys still like Intel? Hmm, I no. wonder. <laughs> I said we weren't covering Intel, Intel for a today. long time. I've Even though I still have a little piece in the long-term portfolio, the dog of all dogs, and I wish I would have sold it all. I sold the piece when it had the stupidest rally. It might have been the dumbest rally in the entire market. When Intel reported that disaster quarter, and you saw the stock go from 30.06, and that day went down to 26.78, and then five days later decided to go up to 31, just because they were buying every dip. It didn't matter what the stock. That was the dumbest rally maybe of the year. And I sold a piece of 30 and a quarter that day, and I should have sold the whole thing. Because you know what? This company fires on no cylinders. There's companies that fire on all cylinders, and there's companies that fire on no cylinders. This is mismanagement. We talked about protecting the dividend a month ago. Now they cut the dividend. They have no idea what they're doing over at Intel. They screwed up the Mobileye spinoff. Every single thing they do is trash. It is junk, completely talking against my book, against Joel's book. It is only a half-size position here now because I did sell the piece. I wish I would have sold it all. Junk. My book on this one is now like a magazine. But I, if I was like like the president of this company and someone came to me and said, we're going to put out this press release. I'd be like, what are you doing? You are like reaffirming failure and poor and poor guidance. I, I don't, I mean, they put it out there. I, I, for whatever reason, the stocks, all I'll say is it's holding the October low. It's holding the December low. For how long? We don't know. Not much pre-market action. I'll just say from a technical standpoint, you do have someone nibbling at the 25-75 area and uh, trying to hold scratch on the day. So we'll see what happens. Two big down days. That's really all I want to say. Give us the itself. news here. We jumped the gun here, Mitch, and you didn't give us the actual news. But you can Who see cares what the news across is? on the bottom of the screen. They did cut the dividend because mm -hmm. they are idiots and don't know what they're doing over there. And obviously, maybe they need to cut the dividend because yeah, they don't know that's how, a, how to run the company. That's probably a sign that they're not looking too good, even probably even to meet that guidance. But we'll they cut the dividend. When Just it cut it. Get rid of it. it. They did. Thirty-six. That's what they did overnight. Charles. I mean, get rid of it. Get rid well, of it. Thirty-six to twelve. They didn't want thirty-six to, go all the to way. twelve. Yeah, that's that, that'll be next thirty-six month. cents. Um, it was 36.5 now to 12.5, but yeah, definitely a cut and it's more than a half. Right. And I think that that's an important thing there. Um, so something to keep watch Intel, definitely probably not the leader anymore. I think you really got to start thinking that AMD has Intel's lunch. That's for sure. Well, we, we, we're not even thinking that, Mitch. We've known that for a long time. It's a matter of valuation. You want to pay 35 times, you want to pay seven times. You should have been paying 35 times, apparently. But, you know, AMD has had no walk in the park here either, so we can give mm -hmm. them a lot of credit. But, I mean, AMD is 50% off of the highs as well. Should it have been up at 160? Probably not. Uh, but maybe Intel should have never been at $60 itself. So AMD hasn't had the walk in the park either because they get a lot of credit, Lisa Sue. And let's be honest here, AMD has not done well in the last year and a half either. And just to put perspective and to kind of finish this topic, uh, Kathy did buy some AMDs, a whopping 72,848 shares. Um, so she's buying the dip there. She's buying she's the, the ultimate buy the dipper. The, the Kramer once the called best. her the best average downer in the history of average downers. <laughs> and it's true because she will average down a million every she'll average down every day forever. And then people keep giving her money. So, I mean, why not keep going with their strategy? It's working for her. She's rich even despite her crappy returns. So it's working for her. Uh, let's see. AMD here. Let's look. It got hit the last couple days. Uh, it's it's moving up a little bit. I think maybe I'd hold hold out for a gap fill here. Or mm -hmm. if you're if you're stepping out here. You got to realize that there's a gap fill at uh, 75.20. Uh, 
holding the close for right now. Big down day. I think you're going to find th- today's going to be one of these days. You can just from watching the the uh, you know the pre market action in the spoos, watching what I'm seeing you know this morning. Just like what you guys said, it's not going to be straight up and it's no. not going to be straight down. Yeah. It is going to be, you better pick your spots. And if, you know, if you're wrong, you're wrong. Right. And just, you know, reset. It's going to be a choppy day unless we get Again, some big news, but it, I don't if think you're, so. But it's strategy is so tough, Joel, because if you're using any type of risk management, you get you blown are getting out. stopped out on both sides. So the only chance you're not getting stopped out is if you're finding good support levels and actually buying when on the dip and selling on the rip. So you're actually counter to what the momentum traders are doing. I mean, everybody, you know, when we got over 410s, tell us, well, 420s next. Then we can go and start thinking about 440 and then we can get going. This has been a contrarian markets traders dream. Again, there are two types of core strategies. Contrarian, which goes against trend, and momentum, which goes for trend. We've been seven to eight years, really, you know, really since the financial crisis, Joel, where it has been a momentum market. You know, if you've been buying dips and, you know, this uptrend, this relentless uptrend, we've had some bad years in there. But really, overall, besides obviously the COVID, the one month, you know, shellacking that it took in there, but it came back very quickly. You've been relentlessly rewarded for just blindly buying the dip and the overall uptrend in the markets. Well, maybe it's a cool off period and people don't realize this, but we have long periods where stocks underperform, you know, cash on stocks underperform a lot of things. I mean, go back to 1968 when the Dow hit 1,000 for the first time. Do you know the next time after it made that new high, Mitch? Do you know the next time it hit 1,000? Was it 10 years later? 1980. So, yes, you had an 11-year period where stocks were flat or actually down before they came back, 11 years. Now go back to the NASDAQ. NASDAQ hit 5,100 in the year 2001. It took 14 years to get that back. I'm not saying we're going into this, you know, this is going to happen. We're going to be a 10, 12-year bear run. But we have valuations that were, were extreme at those highs. So it's going to take a lot longer than just like, okay, I hold on for a year. And your money manager, you go in, you talk to your banker, you talk to your, your stockbroker, and they'll say, because they have an obligation to try to keep you in the markets. I mean, they're making money off of you. But they will tell you, that, well, if you hold on for a year or two, you always get your money back. It's not true. Sometimes you have to hold on a lot longer. And if you buy the wrong stocks, sometimes you never get your money back. It's been true of the indices. But there's been some 10-year periods where stocks have not done well. This is not doom and gloom, Rasta. This is not doom and gloom. What I'm trying to tell you is that we may be entering. I know nothing. Again, nobody knows anything. Anybody who's predicting where we are a year from now, doesn't know what they're talking about because there's going to be so many more variables that we don't even know about. But we have to trade what we see. And in the last year, in the last, you know, really, it's been a bear market. Now we've had a significant run-up. Valuations aren't cheap. Could we? We have to just pose questions as traders. Could we potentially be entering a period where we have sideways action for a prolonged period of time, where we don't make new highs? Maybe we don't even make new lows. But if we're going sideways and you're trading momentum strategies, you will slowly erode your account by using stops. If we're going straight down, you know, then that's a different story. It's, you're going to be happy. But I think we're in this market where we're going to continue to go sideways, sideways chop. You have to kind of get the stops a little farther out. You're getting stopped out, but you got to be on key levels. Think about not so much trend trading where we're going up or we're going down. Think about support and resistance. Joel does a very good job at outlining that. Think about like major support levels. I mean, we're coming into one in OXY. We're right down here at support in OXY. Everybody hates oil right now. You know, they've been slamming Devon Energy. They've been slamming a lot of these different oil stocks. Not all of them, but they've been coming down. But OXY is coming into a Warren Buffett 58 support level. Well, it's worked here three, four times in the past. Does it work the fifth time? I think it does. I think Buffett will come out and defend the stock again. So I think that's what you've got to be doing is more looking at support and resistance. And we're coming into the hard support levels you're looking at buying. When you're coming up to the resistance levels, you're looking at selling. That's range trading. That's what you're doing. But, you know, we're so conditioned, especially people who have started trading the last five years, to be looking for trend trading, to be looking for the Mm -hmm. momentum, that this becomes a difficult market for them to make money in. So you've just got to understand the different environments that you're in. Joel's been in the markets for 40 years. I've been in the markets for 24 years. I've seen different environments. Right now, I believe 
we are in a contrarian market. And I believe we remain in a contrarian market. If I'm trading momentum strategies, I'm going to lose money. Yeah, it's been tough. I'll definitely it's not say been that tough, what, Mitch. what you've That's been saying. That's the one thing. We can say it's been tough. This has not been tough. It's been tough if you've been a momentum trader. If you've been a contrarian trader, you are kicking ass and taking names. That's what you're doing if you're contrarian. You're killing it. You're killing it. So this has not been a tough market. It's only been tough on the momentum players, the breakout traders, the breakdown traders. It mm -hmm. hasn't been tough on everybody else. Everybody wants to think it's been tough, but it's yeah. only because those people are identifying and trading the market wrong right now. We are in a contrarian market. It is clear. I don't know how long we stay there, but people who come on and tell you we're in a bull market are incorrect. We have been in a contrarian market, a sideways market. That is what we're in, folks. I think also another thing, too, with uh, the way the markets are, like uh, like the support points, like I didn't have anything good for support here because I'm a daily high-low guy, right? And the next daily low was, uh, you know, way down in the, in the 3,900 handle, 3,963 and a quarter. I mean, if I, if I just wait for that to buy, I mean, you know, the market will give you different numbers. So on a day like today, you know, you have only one low in a lot of these stocks to lean on. Does that low hold? Does it close green? Does it give you a setup for a day or two? Leaning on one day's price action it's where you can get in trouble. You had a big day yesterday. Today's a digestion day. You know, maybe they'll just, you know, maybe they'll just pop it up and then boom, just pound it at 930. But you don't have a reference. You got a reference point down at 58 from uh, in Oxy from Warren. Is it going to get to 58 today? Well, you know, maybe, maybe not. But you got to wait for at least it to stop going down, at least establish an area. Because when you see like one or two, one low doesn't mean much. Two or three lows means a bigger boy is taking a look at it. So, you know, someone is trying to accumulate some stock. These institutions that buy, it takes them a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks to get a, you know, a good position. The same thing when they're getting out of a position. And that's how you get the resistance developed. That's what happened at 4,200. That's what I tried to identify to you guys. There was, you know, consistent selling in the same area. Now I don't, you know, you know, we're up right now, 10 handles, but I can't tell you that, you know, yep, we've already taken out yesterday's low. I can't tell you 39.9550 is going to be the bounce area for today. We'll just have to see what the price action is. So, you know, sometimes waiting a day or a day and a half or something to let the market give you more information. And that's what I think, Dennis, is the point that you're trying to get across is, you know, don't don't be you know like like don't come in today all bearish and say you know this is it then we're just gonna the market is gonna get killed again we're going to thirty eight hundred because that's not the way it works. I don't think we're going straight down. I don't think we're going straight up. And Thad saying you know and I did say this. I thought the first half was going to be tough and the second half was going to be better. Again, Tommy Lackey came on this show a month and a half ago and got me thinking a lot. And this is the, the main reason I do this show. And I tell you, it's not the money. The main reason I do this show is to learn and listen to opinions, to listen to other people. And, you know, I'm going to not take everybody's opinion, but I'm going to look and I'm going to listen and keep getting more information. I get information from the chat. Our chat is great, full of a lot of very, very smart traders have traded for a long time. There's some newbies, but then I get good newbie questions that get me thinking too. So, I mean, all of it is valid. But Tommy Lackey, I respect his opinion. He's come on a long time. He gave a different opinion when he came on the show a month and a half ago. And he, or a month ago, and you remember what it was, you know, he talked about this first half, maybe being okay in this recession, getting pushed to the back half. And I was like, I never considered, you know, that we're early here again. And I know myself, I'm early. So I've just changed my opinion. And again, as a trader, it is your job. Listen to this, write this down as a trader. As a trader, it is your job to change your opinion. It is your job to change your opinion. Because if you stay with the same opinion, and the market is moving against you, and you think, no, I'm going to be right, Kathy Wood style, nope, all these growth stocks, it's going to be right eventually, I'm going to make money. Eventually, you're not going to be right one of these times. You can't be right 100% of the time. So it is your job to change your opinion as new information presents itself. Right now, new information has presented itself. We have obviously, you know, a, a serious bull market within this bear market is what we've had. But really, we've just had a lot of chop and sideways action. If you look at the S&P for the last month and a half, and I think it continues. I think the battle between the bulls and the bears is so strong that 
there's just so many people who are convicted that stocks, you know, are eventually coming back and I buy here and going to be okay. And then there's so many people who are convicted that the recession is inevitably coming. I do believe the recession is inevitably coming, but that doesn't mean I can't trade the chop in between. I don't think the battle is nearly over here. I think we're in the second or third inning of this huge battle between the bulls and the bears. And I think that's going to equal chop. And again, if you're trading breakouts, you're losing money. You're trading breakdowns. I think you're going to lose money. But if you're fading those moves and trading within ranges and finding good support and good resistance, there's good opportunities to trade in here. I mean, I, I know you're saying that, Dennis, but I mean, just look at the price action yesterday. We did get a breakdown. Some people did get shorts. They're making some money. But I agree with you that majority of the traders right now that are trading breakouts, breakdowns are struggling while range traders are making the money. That's right it's just generalization as well. Mm -hmm. I agree. Let's it's go to Palo Alto. Let's go to cybersecurity. Let's go to Palo sure. Alto Networks here. Q2 adjusted EPS at $1.05 beats the 78 cent estimate. Sales at $1.66 billion beat the $1.65 billion estimate. They do see Q3 adjusted way above the estimate there. 94 on the high end. 78 cents was the estimate. Uh, adjusted EPS overall for the year now towards $4.03 versus a $3.42 estimate. Also total revenue outlook over their estimate for the high end. It's looking good here in cybersecurity. So I'm going to put another one on the radar too. I'm watching some CrowdStrike today. Cybersecurity is absolutely loved. And valuations are high, but this is a sector that continues to have super growth. I mean, people are worried. Obviously, there's a lot of companies in this sector, but they've all done fairly well. So, you know, you do have to identify different areas that have relative strength and relative weakness. And I mean, if you just look at Palo Alto Networks, there's no doubt this stock has had relative strength. You think about the tech murdering that has been done. Palo Alto is not nearly, we're talking about a stock that at 213 high, it's 182. So right away, you identify this as one of those pockets of strength. So that means I'm more inclined to buy dips on a stock that has pockets of strength. Now, again, we're not in this buy-the-rip market, and we are rarely in a buy-the-rip market. So, I mean, there's just pockets where you're just not doing anything. Maybe it's, you know, maybe I don't want to fade a very good earnings report, or maybe I want to wait a day or two until it starts to peter out, because that's what it seems to do. Even though this is one of the stronger ones, like I said, I'd be more inclined to fade a deer earnings than a Palo Alto Networks because um, I, and maybe that's maybe that's the wrong case. I just got something against Deer. Maybe I should just not talk about you know, Deer <laughs> no, I've just got something against it. <laughs> no, but in worry. any regard, PANW's had a big pop here now. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, ne I'm almost never, 90% of the time, not buying reps. There's, there is a time and a place for it, but it's rare. And for the most part, you know, you're going to see people come in here today and buy 182, maybe it goes to 185, maybe even goes to 190. But I tend to think that if we still stay in this contrarian market, which I believe we do, that there isn't going to be a hell of a lot of follow through. So that's why I'm more inclined to sell it as opposed to buy it today. Okay, this is uh, this is a uh, teaching moment for Mitch here, and uh, I covered up the pre-market action. I hope you're not looking at it. Just not, when you when you look at this chart, okay, just look at it. And you were long going into this report, wherever the close was down, as uh, you know, wow, one sixty six. What number pops into your head just automatically, like, boom, like, wow, if I could sell it at what level would you say? Um, it's ripping. It's bid. You're watching it. It's bid, 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 bid. You think this thing's going to 200, but you're long, 100 shares. Where would you try and get out? Just look at uh, it real 190? quick. 190? Yeah, there you go. 190 I'd, to the left, yep, right? Yep, yep. All those highs are In up September. There. It could get there. It did, Dennis. It oh, did. It did. Yes. Oh, these algos, these stupid algos. Oh my god. Take you out of everything. One ninety, right Are on the serious? kisser. Are you serious? I never even saw On the saw kisser. That. On the kisser. Look at that. Boom. <laughs> so if you would have been out there teaching lesson at one eighty nine, ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine. You'd have got failed, and you've been out already. Everybody in the chat failed. I'm disappointed really? in you guys. Come on. Uh, well, I mean, I said he I likes mean, to look at the triple tops, so you get yeah. the triple top up there 190. And I think he's right <laughs> now. Now, the after hours high gives you more. Obviously, if you get up there, I, I don't know what algos. I mean, these news algos we give you know the algos, all oh, the algos can't beat the algos. Man, that's how I make most of my money is beating the algos. There's, there's the like I said, 
there's the really smart ones, which are run by Citadel Virtue, those high-frequency market-making algorithms. They're not the ones selling this thing or buying this thing on they're the news up to 189. They're market-making. They might be they're... selling it up there, actually, Joel. But they're not like the ones that are just, boom, oh, there's a headline. Now we have the news algorithm. And, and it's impressive to be able to write that. I've talked about this before, too, where you know, you've got you know an algorithm that reads the headline numbers and then makes a trade off that. That's impressive to be able to yeah, read. It is. Some really smart people <laughs> to be able to code that. But I tell you, they're not traders. And I don't know how some of these news algorithms are not just completely bankrupt because they do so many overshoots. There's so much money. And I think you're right. I think, you know, on some of these news items, maybe it is the play to have your order sitting out. There. Oh, if you're long it for an extra, like for get to those levels when you have those really clear levels defined and, and, you know, and you see it go down there and, you know, we sometimes joke, I'm like, where did this get? Did it, let me guess. Did it get to this level? And it did. I mean, there's clear, you know, range. And obviously we've talked about CC on the show, you know, and that's another thing to look at as the open interest and think about the expected moves. You know, there's different ways you can use options to try to predict those as well. But, you know, the overall thing is, again, we're in a contrarian market. You get to these key levels. That that expected move often holds and, and holds a stock within that range. And I wouldn't have, I mean, any regrets. Like if I if if I was trading this and it got the pop and I sold it at one ninety and it went to one ninety five because you know it's a great level. Now that's uh you know that's not going to do you much right now. I'd say we we've really calmed down in this thing. And if you want to trade it today, you kind of have a little bit of a trading range, uh, bunching up some highs at let's say one eighty three seventy five and support at one eighty one. Uh, 40, but those are both one star levels, folks. So, uh, you know, the move, uh, it's had the big move. Let's see. Let's see if we can get back up there to that 190. That would be, uh, that would be impressive. All right, let's go to Coinbase here. This report I thought wasn't good, but this tells me also that I'm looking a little bit at that buy the dip today because it seems like it's starting to come up here. Coinbase Q4 EPS at a loss of $2.46, missed the loss of $2.39. Sales at 629.11 million, beat the 586.23 million estimate. Total uh, transaction revenue was down 12% quarter over quarter. Uh, consumer transaction revenue was also down 11% quarter over quarter. And Coinbase executive saying in wake of the FTX and other crypto company failures, company is seeing increased regulatory scrutiny. And that was reported by Reuters. So bring in, in up that chart from after hours, Joel, because we talk about a contrarian market. And I mean, every <laughs> single person who was chasing anything on that print lost money this thing yeah. traded up to how high joel in the initial print uh 66.39 so it went up four bucks then she tanked how high how low did she get all the first minute <laughs> 57.60 10 point range base nine point range in the first minute here rip them Imagine if you had i wonder what that. so okay let's go check you know our theory here on expected news i imagine it was actually higher than that because Coinbase and it's pretty wild, but I'm it is wild. No Could this be it the is. wildest sixty dollars stock, Dennis? Oh yeah, Coinbase think... wild. So if we look at the expected move, it was significant. It was almost ten bucks. So we kind of had that range, but we just had it in a funky way. So I mean, it got up <laughs> four or five, then it was down four or five. But you can see again, you know, just holding within range, really, and holding tight within range. So obviously, straddled buyers here not loving their life. Straddle writers here seem to be making money in this contrarian market again and again. Um, there is outliers where I think Betcha Palo Alto Networks is outside its expected move. But for the most part, I mean, just shop. So again, we've been talking about choppy markets. Here's a here's a stock that just chopped the hell out of you on the report. And Dennis, you're giving bad information because that move took three minutes. Oh, it didn't take <laughs> one minute. It took three minutes. <laughs> get him, Sorry, get him. My bad. That was a lot. That was a, that was a long one. Three minutes it took to, to to chop everyone up on the initial print. <laughs> All right, let's get out of the coin. You want to give some technicals on there, Joel? Or uh, let's see. This let me get rid of this one minute chart. They make me nervous. Uh, let's see. All right, fifteen. Oh man. I mean, what are we trade? We're flat. I'm man, a battle of unchanged here. Uh, Parallels. I'd say the bulls. What the bulls need to do is establish a strong 62 bid that'd mm -hmm. be above the lows from the last two sessions, 
And then on the upside, you know, yesterday's high at 66.87 might not. It's just a reset. It's unchanged. Look at yesterday's high and low. What is impressive about Coinbase yesterday is that in the market carnage, it made a higher low. It made mm. a higher low in a day. It was lower on the session, but it, it, to me, that was like, okay, they got the report. I, you know, I'm short. I need to, you know, get out of some of this. So that's what the report told told me. Uh, your two day close, sixty five twenty. If you don't want to hold out for yesterday's high. All right, let's get out of Coinbase. Let's go to TJX, and we're going to do a segment called How Healthy is the Consumer Here? We'll first cover TJX, and then I have some credit card graphics for us. But let's go to TJX first. Their EPS at $0.89 cents in line. Sales at $14.52 billion beat the $14.6 billion estimate. What do you guys think about retail now? Mm. Again, TJX is your discount retailer. It always gets a pass because it's getting, you know, the Macy's, the Kohl's. You get all those brands that you buy at those stores for, or not maybe as much Kohl's, but Macy's, Nordstrom, Dillard's. You're getting all those brands at cheaper prices at TJX. So obviously it's the knockoff ones that didn't sell well in those stores, but you're still getting some of those. Um, it always gets a pass for that reason. It's a discount apparel retailer. It never seems to get killed. It's actually run so well. Um, I think if for whatever reason you pulled back, I think you got dip buyers in here. But again, I'm not going to pull back. 97 cents is not a pullback. It's no. had a lot of resistance up here. I'd love to see the stock back down at 70. It's not going to get there today. Oh, but, you know, eventually, if you ever got down there, I think there's a shot because you got all those lows too, Joel, back in November at 70. Yeah, I think I I'm too early to come in here and say I want to buy it at 77. We're just, you know, it's held up a long ways and it's near all time highs. Stock is not super cheap. I don't know what the P is on this thing, but it hasn't been, you know, one of the cheaper ones. I like it back at 70, but I'm not sure when you get there. Yeah, we're down. We're down 97 cents. Uh, we're right here at this area, these lows. Uh, you're leaning on this 76, 77 area. Because uh, that after that, I mean, yeah, there was a low at 76, but things get real dicey after that. The other reason I would be a little bit cautious on this one, and Mitch, we could do your segment in a second. Mm -hmm. uh, someone yeah. asked us to cover Dillard's, man. Yeah, Dillard's. What a Whoa! move. What a move. Wow. Who flushed the toilet? It never gets a toilet flushed on it either. Those are not even that bad. Like, they just decided now this is it. We're done. No, nah, they saw a Walmart's now. report. They were like retail up there at new time highs. Oh man, this is sitting pretty up there. Man. I don't know if I would have done it though. I'll no tell you right now. Mercy. <laughs> we I do not don't know. Mercy for here. Mercy is for the week, right from Karate Kid. Uh yeah. I would say you wanna hold you wanna hold yesterday's low. I if you're looking to buy this, and for I know people are not probably looking to buy it, they're like, why didn't I sell it ahead of the report? I'd say you got pretty good support, and I'm going to go wide on this from 315 to 320 because you've had all these lows here. And I guess the best thing you can hope, if you don't want to sell it in the hole, maybe come down to this 325, 320 area, establish a little base, you know, at least one or two lows. And then the 50% retracement, when and if this starts to ever go out up again, that's what I'd be keen on to try and exit. But this is a thin one, uh, you know, taking stocks into reports, big part of your portfolio. I know it's tough, uh, but uh, – that's what I'd say for today. A day in the next couple of days, you know, establish some support in the same area and maybe turn up north. Uh, Mitch, go ahead with uh, uh, with your segment there. Yeah, let's do it. Let's run through this. I've I've been trying to bring in some graphics here for us to kind of talk about different things. We're going to talk about how healthy the consumer is here. So I pulled up here for you guys. Um, let me let me bring the banner down so you guys can see this pretty big. And so what this is here is this is total outstanding credit card balances from 1999 to present. This is from Lending Tree. They've been tracking now uh, as of late. And we're going to talk about what's going on here. So since the fourth quarter of 2021, credit card balances have risen by $130 billion with the increase Americans' credit card debt now stands at 59 billion higher than the record set in fourth quarter of 2019 when balances stood at 927 billion. The national average credit card debt right now of unpaid balances in December was 7,200 and 
uh, $279. That, of course, includes debt from bank cards and retail credit cards. Uh, this is coming from LendingTree. Now, of course, you can clearly see on this chart that we spiked here starting in 21Q2, going yeah. into Q4, and really getting higher than even the 08 outstanding credit card balances, right? And I think that that's a little bit of a sign of concern. Now, where I think that what we've been talking about, how the hell is the consumer still being able to put up with this? I kind of agree They're more boring. and more as I look into this chart that it could take a long time for us to see the consumer break. It could be 24 down the line that we get mm -hmm. the recession. Why? Because of charts like this that talk more about what? The delinquency. So this is delinquency rate. And you guys can see we're still at historic lows uh, on kind of delinquency rate. Delinquency rate in 08 was up there towards 6.5, up towards a high of 6.8. Yeah. Right now, we're only at 2.25% for the fourth quarter of 2022. What does this show me? Well, clearly that the graphs are telling us that there's a lot of credit card debt out there, but they're not going into delinquency. So this could be coming down the line, but as of right now, the consumer is still staying strong somehow. Well, we can see how, you know, they're borrowing more and they're just not at a level there. Obviously, delinquency is ticking higher, but we're just not ticking. at a level there where yeah. they're not getting more credit. I mean, when you start to see delinquencies actually escalating, there, it means they're getting they're not getting the credit anymore. So they're still getting credit. Credit card debt's going up. They're still finding money. They're finding it by borrowing it, you know, and that's, you know, what we've talked about for a while here, too. I mean, the jobs are still strong, too. So people still have jobs. People are paying more for stuff. They're borrowing more, but maybe we're not at a tipping point here yet. And again, if interest rates stay up here for a long time, you will eventually reach a tipping point here. It's a question is, does the Fed keep their foot on the gas or do they eventually give up? Or do they eventually cook the CPI books enough to make us just believe we don't have, you know, we're back to the 2% inflation when we're really not? All those are possibilities. But uh, you know, again, when you add all this up, it doesn't make a rosy investing picture. So it keeps bringing me back to why do I have so much cash in my long-term portfolio? Um, it's charts like this because, you know, eventually you think there could be problems ahead. So kicking the can down the road by borrowing more. So that's what, you know, the U.S. government has done for years. What the, obviously, the right, consumer is well. I know, I know we got Tim coming on, but uh, Dennis, you made an excellent point last week about um, people that, not necessarily just bought in one or two years, but uh, new homes. But people that bought their homes 5, 10, 15 years ago. Got a lot of equity in there. They got equity in there. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they're not, you know, and they got a good, they're looking at their rate now that have, that they locked in a 30 year, you know, their house, the value of their house has gone up. I mean, so that's kind of, you know, maybe what Mitch is pointing out there, you know, maybe the, maybe the consumer learned from the, you know, from the housing crisis, maybe the banks learned <laughs> from the housing crisis. I think <laughs> it's just lag effect, lag effect. And I oh, think you wait for the hammer to come down. I really do. At the end of the day, Joel, I don't think we're seeing the effects of all these interest rates yet. I really oh, don't there, no, there's not there's not even a doubt of this, Mitch. There we're not seeing the effects at all yet. And and that's coming. I think that's so too. That's still coming, right? And I think but but that also leaves room that we time. could still run right now, right? Because it, it still keeps the Goldilocks scenario for right now in place until you start seeing the negative turn, right? We'll see what happens there. Uh, we should be having Tim join us in just a few seconds. I don't see him in the back right now. So we're just okay. going to keep going. We'll go to, is the oh. AI trade done? Mm. I've been really watching Microsoft start coming down that AI stock. Yeah. That looks like it's starting to crack. Who called Good that call there, Dennis, Dennis with the man, Dennis, we called, we're looking for that. You're looking for that little pop right into that resistance. Pop and fail right there. Whoever probably got caught a, a bunch of traders as it was popping right towards the resistance on the trend line. That went to a high of 25.36. Quick turnaround on that. I AI. rarely get convicted like I did yesterday on this. But if you rewind the show when this thing was trading 24 and a half or wherever it was pre-market, I was like, if I own that, I would sell that right now as fast as I could. That is what I said yesterday. That turned out to be a very good call because we dropped $3 from there, 15%. I think this party is over. Um, I think eventually AI, I think AI is real, but I don't think AI stock is one of these that is going to be like the big one going to 20, 50, 100, and 200. We're just not in Kansas anymore. 
maybe if the S&Ps turn around and we start breaking out and the Fed starts cutting rates and, you know, and everything starts going good, you know, but I just think we're just not in 2020. I think you had the capitulatory move. It went from 10 to 30. What do you want? I mean, book profits move on. Yeah. What about, uh, yeah, with this one, also Mr. Softy, uh, um, you know, coming off hard and put that I talk about having levels in the same area. Wow. What a gap he chart in Microsoft. I mean, there's gaps all over the place. Look at that thing. It got you wonder if you hard. shouldn't be buying the pullback of Microsoft though. Yeah. You can talk about levels. 250 is huge on this folks. I it's think big. you got it. I think you've got a potential. It's been straight down for five days. Look at there's that. a potential for a Microsoft bounce here. And it's now below where it was when this whole AI started stock or AI yeah okay so you're, you're talking over. about uh the good call what about uh your lthm call guys what about lthm i wanted to sell it yesterday yeah i know you should have sold it we said don't sell it we screwed you on that one joel <laughs> no man hey 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 hey. i hey, think hey. long term i want to be in this i'm gonna buy rebuy my lthm oh god now you're 20 so bucks confused. come to papa that was the jp the morgan payback Great. for the time he said don't buy jp morgan Gosh. don't get this is for emily joel this is not for you don't get investment advice from Dennis we don't give investment advice, Joel, and that's a tough thing Joel, to say. Joel, this isn't for you. This is for your daughters, man. This advice. is going back. Yeah, let we Emily... make wrong calls, and we do it. <laughs> let Emily wrong. sell I was that. wrong on that. Okay. All right. All don't right let's go I to... wish I could be right. I'm, I, I say the same stuff all the time, but it's it's like lessons that we need to pound into our heads. I wish I could be right 100% of the time. Don't You're we never going to be right 100% of the time. So admit when you're wrong and move on. I was wrong. Moving on. Well, you might need some math on your side. I know someone that can bring some math for us. My man, Tim Quast. Tim, what's going on? Mitch, good to see you. So I hear you're some kind of workout freak. Is this uh, is this no? Just, it's the comeback tour. It's the comeback. It's the comeback tour. tour. Yeah, it looks Tim. Like you know, I haven't I haven't played baseball in, in a couple mm. years, so I'm trying to come back. I the see. chat said I couldn't hit plus ninety, so we got to show them. You can't hit at ninety miles an hour. <laughs> not only am I going to hit ninety, but then I'm going to hit it back at ninety exit speed. Get ready for that. Tim. Z. Get Z. ready. Equal and opposite reaction. There we Boom. go. Andy. Laws of motion. Rebound effect, yeah, right? Effect. That yeah. stuff Come works. on, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want it. That's, that's, I'll throw yeah, you a change up, man. Mm. You'll be swinging out of your shoes. You'll be on well, the ground. Well, the, the truth is I need some analytics on my side. That's what I need, Tim. Always. I'm using the analytics. I'm working out with the, with the math in my head, it's right? Moneyball. Moneyball. Always. Moneyball approach, baby. That's right. Let's get into the analytics. Let's take a look at what Market Structure Edge is telling us right now. Seems well, like last week you were telling us we could have a turn. I think I remember somebody talking about that. Yes. Yes. And uh, and it's it's not, you know, it's not that I'm right, but the math is usually right. You know, the good news about the uh, the, the market structure, if, if uh, you think that's, a, you know, the word market structure is a great way to clear a room at a at a cocktail party. I guess it's two words. Uh, but the beautiful thing about market structure to me is that it reflects everything that's known. So we could have a conversation about the expectations of a, for economically. I, I think you guys were talking about this. You know what the job market is like. Do we do we have a soft landing? Do we have no landing economically? Do we have a hard landing? What everybody thinks is reflected in the math and uh, can be very helpful. You could look at the math for Home Depot and you could say, well, the demand died in December and, and there were short bets at January options expirations. What's the probability that Home Depot declines? Because that information reflects what everybody knows. It reflects what hedge funds consume. They buy the data. They look at the supply chain, the credit card data, the satellite imagery. They know everything. So. That's my setup, the, the, uh, the, the introduction to where the data are as we sit here at February options expirations. It's the whole cycle. I didn't hear one person yesterday mention that we had a confluence of events yesterday. New options were trading at the same time that banks that 
that traffic in those that make markets in options had to square the books on the ones that lapsed last week. Well, if you have hmm. both things happen happening at the same time, what is the probability of elevated volatility? Well, it's mathematically a higher probability. To me, what you then look for is what is the supply-demand balance as that event is occurring? Well, we could see it coming last Monday that if you looked at broad market sentiment, look, and they're just measures. You know, there are moving averages. There's this thing. There's that thing that you can look at to try to understand what the market is doing. This is a measure. The good news about it is it reflects all of the buying and selling. Mm. And is it is the is the net of buying and selling producing rising demand or weakening demand? And is the net of buying and selling causing increased or decreased supply? Well, here's where the stock market is. Here's options expirations last week. I'll zoom this in a little bit. This is SPY, been very volatile. This is the demand cycle. So as it begins to fall, it's actually leveled off here. Uh, the likelihood that the market rises as demand is falling is very low. It's just a statistical fact. Then if you look at the supply side, more than half of all market volume is short. That reflects everything that's known. So if more than half of the volume in the S&P 500, not the, it's not short interest, people. That is a 1974 measure back when we last had inflation. <laughs> it's not relevant to the way that the market works today. This is short volume. It is the data set associated with Reg SHO Rule 201, the modified uptick rule. Well, if you put all the macroeconomic models together, the hedge funds, uh, the trend followers, all of that stuff, ETFs, heavily shorted, you put it all together and you go, well, son of a gun, supply, demand is falling and supply is above 50% of all volume. What is the probability that the market declines? Well, it's almost 100%. Just like it's almost 100% probable that when the market bottoms and demand begins to rise and supply falls, that the market will rise. The only time, uh, Tim, yeah. just looking at your graph here, the only time yeah. I can see it kind of similar is from like that 1215 to maybe like 1220, uh, where you were seeing very similar situation, right? Rise in yes. supply and, yes. the, the, and broad sentiment going down. Exactly. And that's where and the market, uh, you know, hit post-September lows there. So where uh, are we a, now, Tim? I mean, obviously, we know yep. we had a significant run in January. We've given some of that back here in yep. February. I've been arguing for a range-bound market where we just kind of go sideways and chop up here for the foreseeable future. But what is your system predicting for the next couple of weeks? Well, it depends on what happens this week to me, Dennis. If, the, okay. if, if we see a reversal of this supply-demand relationship, if they stop converging and resume diverging, we're fine. If we don't, I, I would say we're right on a precipice. And I will, I, you know, the, the market renders fools of all of us. And Dennis, you were talking about, <clears throat> you know, you, you admit when you're wrong and you move on. Uh, so I may be admitting next week that I'm wrong and we'll, and we'll move on. <laughs> but I'll say that, <laughs> that I'll say we are at a precipice here. If we mm -hmm. do not get our footing this week, we will carome lower and it will be fairly violent. And it's because you cannot remain in stasis if demand falls and supply rises. Something has to give until those conditions change. And it's just a supply demand feature. And let me expand this out and give you, this is my grand unified theory. Uh, so if, if I expand this, this view out three years and it will show this is, this is demand, and it constantly changes because the market is very short-term. But you can see the general trend in nature. This mm -hmm. is SPY, and this is supply. So if we just take those three things and put, to, put them together, I can unfold for you what has occurred and what is occurring. So here's the thing. The, the great pandemic momentum market that created the highest highs we've ever seen uh, ran out of steam right here. This was May, options expirations of May 2021. But there was so much fuel. It's like launching a rocket. And then you consume all the fuel and the rocket continues to rise for a while. But that data is telling you 
it's going to start to arc back down. Now, it took a while, but look now at the supply side. From the pandemic all the way to roughly November of 2021, the supply side trailed the trend. Insufficient mm -hmm. supply, a lot of fuel, but it turned right here. And that was the peak for the market. So then if you look at what has occurred since then, we were spending a lot more time below five. Demand has faltered. We're, we're at the, this is not finished yet. People think, oh, we've, we've hit our lows. Now we're gonna return to uh, a, a, an economy that's growing <clears throat> and the behavior in the market will reflect that. I look at this and say, uh-uh, that has not happened because all of the all-time highs for supply have been set since September. September is when we hit our all-time post-pandemic lows, and we have not left that pattern. So I think we have more trouble to come. Unless and until these conditions change, it's going to be challenging. Now, traders and investors, it doesn't matter. I've had a great, I'm, you know, I'm up 20-some percent in, uh, in 2023 by ch trading short-term, short-term momentum, short-term low volatility, depending on where the market is going. Uh, I don't care about these conditions, but it should influence your longer-term commitment to equities and bonds. If you look at the data and they tell you, well, the propensity of the market is to continue to, uh, to have trouble, then you want to have less exposure to those risk assets. Uh, when these conditions are awesome and you have great momentum and insufficient supply, we'll put a lot of money into the market. So that's where I think we are. And we can talk specifically about well, what happens next. But I don't think we're out of the woods yet. Yeah, we can definitely take a look at what happens next. I'm sure everybody out there wants to know if there's any sectors or industries that you're seeing that are pointing towards that supply coming down and maybe demand coming up. I'll tell you, Mitch, it's difficult. And here's what I look at every day. This, by the way, is the Edge dashboard. So I just I come to the two portfolios that the math creates automatically for all of us. It's what I use. So when there are 35, 20, 25, 30, 35 components in momentum, I know that momentum abounds. Well, look at how many are in it. Five. They're just five in momentum across yeah. thousands of securities. You look at low volatility, which is the flip side. If the, if the market is troubled, you want to you go into the eddies and bays where the money will cluster because those things will have a tendency to outperform. Only seven. So it's neither a momentum market nor a low volatility market. So what then is it? It's a market that can behave very unpredictably. And if I look across the sectors, here's big tech. Is big tech okay? Well, it's getting close to a bottom. Uh, you know, supply has come down, demand's leveling off, could be opportunity ahead. Uh, communication services, a wreck, way too much supply, not enough demand. Consumer discretionary, way too much supply, not enough demand. Consumer staples, what, too much supply, not enough demand. Staples is better than discretionary, but none of those are good. I look at that and say the core of the market does not give me the warm fuzzies. The only thing that I would look at is I have two for today. If I picked one thing that we, you know, that we could, could highlight out of momentum and one thing out of low volatility, hang on, I'll tell you what they are. <laughs> that doesn't mean that they're going to perform well, but this is the two that I would point out. Uh, in in uh, momentum, the last thing left is Allegro Microsystems, ALGM. If I look at the supply-demand balance in ALGM, it still tells me it has a possibility of delivering returns because demand is at 10 and supply is declining. The price could rise. If the NASDAQ is up today, that stock could be up what? Well, if it's up 3%, that's a very good day because it moves about 3.8% per day. If it's down 2%, well, that's a good opportunity because there's a high probability it will produce a return. But that's one stock. And then I'd look at Coke. Coke is the flip side. Coca-Cola. Yeah. On a low volatility trade, you want things that spend a lot of time at five and have diminishing supply. Well, there's Coke. And that I like is it. it. I, <laughs> I don't know what else you would do. I tell people there are times when it's when there is very low risk and a lot of opportunity, plentiful opportunity, and there are times when there is very high risk and limited opportunity, and we are in the latter right now.
and I mean Coke is defensive. <laughs> so if you think we're in a tougher market, Coke just makes sense because it's a yes, defensive it stock. It's pulled four or five points off from the highs. Yep. I could get on board. I mean, it's I not like going it. to kill it. I, I've been saying for a while, though, if you really want to take market risk, you know, and you're, you're going for a Coke that you're trying to pick up three, four, five percent, maybe you just go in cash. But <laughs> I, I, I like the yeah, cash better than you. the staples. <laughs> but, you know, I think the staples are going to be fine. So in my, I'm with you, Dennis. In my trading account, which is at Interactive Brokers, uh, I am 100% cash. I went wholly to cash on Friday. And I, you know, I, I had to work at it. I was very happy with my, my trade in, in Arista Networks, A-N-E-T, just to get out level. I mean, it, I, have, I, work, I own Coke. I, I sold it. I might buy it again. But I can earn 4% on my cash. Which is, I, I, do you see the rate at IBKR? It's yes, pretty good. Just sitting it in your trading account. There's got to be nobody that's that high. No other no one has got to be that high. Just sitting it, in your margin account ready for trading. Exactly. I think it's like 4.06% right now in it US is. dollars. Exactly. And what they're yeah. doing, you know, it's very it's an arbitrage trade. They're parking that money as an excess reserve at the Fed where they're getting paid 4.68 on it, it and up, they're yeah. returning. Yeah, good old returning. Hey, you got the anything on the dollar, Tim, real quick? Mm -hmm. Someone asked about the dollar. You know, Can you do I that real quick in 30 seconds? Yeah, let me give it a try. So let's pull Let's pull up uh, DXY. Uh, you Where are you at, at by the way? You're not, you're in a new place. I'm, I'm, I'm actually in, I'm in Denver, and it was, it was 60 degrees here yesterday. And when I left Steamboat Springs yesterday morning, it was 2. Today it's 12 and snowing. Volatility. Buy the dip and sell the rip. Real quick, the dollar, Tim. <laughs> dollar. Here we are. DXY. It's a mm -hmm. it's a global basket. Uh, dollar dollar has bottomed and is is rising. You know, if I look yeah. at the dollar, that so what does that mean for overall risk assets? Tends to constrain them. I think it's why energy has faltered a little bit. Uh, you know, their energy plays and momentum, but they're not great. Uh, I'm going to watch this. If the dollar weakens, I'm going into energy again. But that's where we are. Well, okay. thank you for joining us. Like always, you guys can check out Market Structure Edge for yourself. And of course, use that promo code Benzinga. And you can get up to a full month now. Check it out, team. Get on that Market Structure Edge. You might want some math on your side. That's right. Appreciate you, Tim. Have a good one. We'll have you, you back on. Too. Thank you. Take care. See you, Tim. All right, just want to let you guys know we we're going to be having market structure Wednesdays now. So I don't want to hear you oh, guys all yelling this at Tim. We, we are? Yeah, why not? Why not? I think it's Cause better. M because it market structure Monday. I uh, know, I know, but no, I think, Mitch. I think I just need to get to uh, what I'm going to do is I'll, I'll get us an update. How's that? Because <laughs> it's, I, I think, I I think we have Tim on. No, and then, you got to stick with the market structure. It's not rocket. Rupture Wednesdays, it's market structure Monday. Anyways, we're right, digressing. Right. Bad digression. Let's 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 take a look at the market. Well, we still we still getting a little we're push chopping, up here. A little chop, a little chop I, and drop. Oh man, I would chop just and drop. I just what, say, what are you feeling today? I I say you know I'll I'll say minor support at the close. And I guess I look at this for the first, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, and I'd really like to see us hold that that pre-market low. If we can establish a bid above the pre-market low and everyone's like, oh, I missed the low of the move overnight, then the bids will come in. So that that's what I'm looking at. That pre-market high at 2075 means absolutely nothing to me. Uh, that's just, you know, someone wanted out at 20 and they got out a little bit better. So that's my look at the market today after yesterday's price action. All right. Um, now we could cover Baidu. I don't know how you guys feel about China stocks here. Uh, Baidu did report here. We're oh, they take a beat? Look. That's a shock. Yeah, they beat, man. Uh, EPS $2.21 beat the $2 estimate. Sales at $4.8 billion beat the $4.65 billion. They approved a $5 billion buyback oh, through impressive. December 31st, 2025. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about, will this get China stocks pushing back up? Because they have been pulling back pretty significantly seems like they always beat i mean i just joked that but i'm sure they mentioned the ai on the conference call too because why not <laughs> so again the counting methods over in china a little bit different than over here and obviously you know we've wanted to audit their statements for a long time really has never materialized so it is what it is but there is a pro there is a tendency mm. for these stocks 
to beat and rally on earnings. So we'll just say that. We'll leave it. Yeah, there. let me see if I can uh, get anything from the uh, from the overnight. I mean, you're hovering near the high, uh, the after hours high. Actually, that was the morning high, one fifty one eighty nine. Really, not much there. If you're looking for a target, oh yeah, no, I do have a a potential uh, area of resistance because you had a high of one fifty one thirty four. But if you're looking for more. Your four-day high, 155. So I'm going to hop and uh, go talk some uh, bank stocks with uh, David Cheverini from Wedbush. And uh, we'll be back later on, folks. Everyone have a good day. All right. Joel's getting out of here. We're going to start wrapping up. We'll take a look. Of course, uh, I can maybe do one more stock or not. I'm going to take a look at Wix today. Um, I didn't get to cover it with Joel, but definitely going to take a look at that as they reported uh, their earnings. But what I think what was interesting, of course, is the AI mentioned. And this is why they supposed to be on EPS. Their EPS came in at 61 cents versus a nine cent estimate. Sales at 355.04 million beat the 351.98 million uh, estimate. They did say that it clocked 6% revenue growth backed by a notable release, including AI text creator. Um, so this is helping Wix get a little bit of a lift today. You guys can see that up to 92.50 right now. Daily chart is not looking too bad as it starts to push through kind of levels here at the 91s. I'd look for 91s on pullbacks. What do you like? What do you think? Here? 95 this- major resistance. I don't buy rips, so not going to look at to buy this at all today. All right. We'll see what happens in the Wix. Of course, this is like that site that just helps you create websites. I haven't used it before. Of course, I use the AI buzzword too. Of course, the buzzword, man. AI, man. You think the AI trade's done? I think it's Did we throw it away like the metaverse? Here? I don't know if it's done, but I think it's slowed down significantly here. So I think that buzz is gone. Although I like Microsoft here right now as a trade. Mm. I like it from 250 to 253. I like this area. I think I bring it back to that. This is where we broke out from. A lot of times, you know, when you get the breakout, this is pure technical analysis, and I'm buying the dip. If I was buying anything today, I think it'd be Microsoft. Yeah, you're feeling a little bit of a gap there from that little push. Yeah, this isn't long term, but more swing trady, but I like the 250 area. I don't know if we're going to get a shot at 250. I'd love a shot at 250. Maybe you're thinking yesterday's low, 251, 59 is good enough. That's this whole area should find some good support. Now, again, nothing works always, but I just like it broke out, had the AI. We've forgotten about AI for the last four or five days. Maybe get some more little, you know, mentions. Maybe it comes back. You know, maybe it's not dead. Maybe it's just cooled off. Big difference between being dead and being cooled off. And again, I too truly believe that AI is going to be a big part of our future. I just think we got all crazy with the chat GPT stuff. Yeah, it happens. I mean, uh, I think, you know, one of the things that we got to remember is every single time we get one of these hype things, yeah, it's kind of like buy the rumor and sell the news. Once it really starts hitting, I've seen a lot of these turn around. So you got to be early to the trade. And I think you also want to be early maybe on the out and not wait to the turnaround because if you're waiting for the turnaround, it can really kind of wreck your kind of trade. Perfect example for me will be like AI. I know there's probably a lot of traders stuck on that thing above like 22s. And if it flushes down today through to like 18, it's going to be hard to hold it right there. It's already I, flushed. I yeah. mean, we are I mean, now 10 points off right the there. highs. There's some pain trade going on here for sure. So I think that easy money has been made on the long side on this. So again, yeah. we don't know anything. Maybe it's just cooled off. Maybe it gets hot here again. You do have support on the AI at $20.41, which was the low. Below 20, like you say, then it's slippery and starts to get down in the middle of nowhere. But I think the easier trade was yesterday selling it. Now mm-hmm. it's sold off already from there. So it's a harder trade to call today. It's, it's sometimes easier trades to call. Yesterday was an easy sell call. Today is like, I'm probably not trading it today. We'll see what happens. Like always, you guys can keep up with all the action. Of course, Dennis Dick, Triple D Trader on Twitter. We'll see you like always, Dennis. Go do what you do best, my see friend. You guys. All right, I'm going to start wrapping up here, bringing you guys over to some live trading action. Wasn't a bad day yesterday. We were able to battle. We'll see what happens. I do got some swing trades on, and we'll see if the market can get a bounce, right? Do we get that bounce today? Is it just going to be a straight down angle on the market? I don't think so. I think today we might get a little bit of an up move. But like always, what are we going to do? We're going to go ahead and take those opinions, put them to the side, 
And now it's time to watch the price action, right? Because I think this is the hardest thing. Uh, traders out there, really, and, and Trading in the Zone, the book that we've been talking about, uh, really kind of talks all about this, right? Once it gets to the market open, we need to be open and available to any price action, not trying to feel any type of pain avoidance because we're thinking about something and have a belief into the markets. I heard someone in the chat mention logic doesn't matter. Well, the truth is that's how it works a lot of the times. Logic doesn't matter in the markets. I know how that might sound insane, but a lot of the times it's going to be more price action that is king like always. So pay attention to that price action. Always remember once the market opens, I want to be not biased to any direction, but more looking for my plans to get to the execution, right? Execution is everything because if you plan it and don't trade it, well, that's how you can easily have that trade go wrong. I'll see you guys on live trading. That's coming up next. Let's keep pushing forward and see what we can find in the market today. Hit the like button. If you guys enjoyed today's show, I thought it was a great one. Let's find out.